Yippee! <laughs> the name is Diane, and I'm a person. Oh boy. So yippee is his, his catchphrase because he says it twice. He does say it twice. Uh, I mean. He said what, seven? This it's movie cool. is. It's a period piece. He should at least be saying, huzzah! Oh, that'd be good. Hi, and welcome to another installment of your weekly. Pleasures. What? I don't know. It's episode 89. We're getting Is up it? to 11. I mean, to 11. <laughs> we're almost at 11. We're almost at 11. We're almost at 100. You know what that means? I don't really want to do Too that. Too bad we're doing it. That sounds like a waste of a week. You're a waste of a week. We already talked about it. No. Not well. We didn't do it the dude. We didn't do our due diligence yeah. do duly. So this is a Why Do We Own This DVD? It's a podcast where we talk about our DVD collection. Ask each other why. Um, we're recording a little late in the evening. We had some excitement earlier. Tornado warning! There was a legit tornado warning. Tornado sirens went off for the first time for a legitimate reason since we moved in. Yeah. Oh, since... Like we get... 20 the, some years for me i mean get the tornado warning test and yep came our, on my phone curfew alarm but actually i went downstairs before any of that even happened because i saw the wind i'm like i'm going downstairs and oh, i got I downstairs was, and then my phone started buzzing oh still poking around outside i know because you're dumb it's exciting um but there was no tornado boo just rotating clouds it was windy um no trees fell just a lot of branches and shit in the yard Street. Lots of lots of earth debris. <laughs> yeah, so it means, but it in it lasted like five minutes, if that. It went by so fast. It was fast wind. I mean, it was it was a I've I've not seen wind that fast. I don't think really. Even last like two years ago, whatever we when had, we first moved in, we lost power. Yeah, that was. And I ran downstairs. Yeah, screaming. And you just stood in the window, with your hands on your hips. <laughs> da, da, da. It, that wind was quick it was swift but it wasn't fast like tonight's mm. wind was i don't it didn't seem like it mm. tonight's wind seemed very fast and exciting yeah but shed's still standing my sunflowers are surprisingly <laughs> still standing they're a little wilty they're they're touching some of them touching the ground some of them bending down a little far <laughs> Um, so that's why we didn't record because, but now we are. So on and with luckily the show. I was like, oh no, what if we lose power? But we didn't. We're all good. Windows are open because it's cool outside now because it had been stifling hot. Blew all the farty humidity air away. Yes, that farty humidity is gone. Okay. So tonight we are talking about a boy who says yippee. Twice. He's an, and he's not just a boy. He's a person. His name is Anakin. Is he the weakest link in this movie? No. Okay. I don't think so either. No. I think he's young and delightful. I enjoyed Jake Lloyd's performance. I didn't enjoy the two yippies, but... I didn't care. I'm like, look at this cute kid. But he's very cute. He's cute, his, and he's he's not bad at all. His concentration faces are adorable. When he's like, driving. When he's, when he's flying driving. his pod racer and... Flying, not driving. And 
I mean, there's a few times where there's like kind of for him cringy moments of like awkwardness and he makes that face and like when he's speaking um the different language to oh no well no i mean like when uh japa japa jawa whatever the fuck he says he says i I guess and he makes a face (laughs) yeah that's cute because i mean that's how a kid would act yeah i see he didn't deserve any of the shit that got put on him the Fans were unkind and unfair. As Star Wars fans, As Star Wars fans usually often, are, often have shown they are yeah. more than capable. Of they being. are one of some of the worst. Um, but watching last night, I was like, hmm, you know what? He is totally fine. I I did. I I did have more issues with the. I'll say with the alleged racism of the movie. There's a lot. I wrote some down. I mean, it is problematic. George Lucas said M- that it isn't. More, it's more prescient now, obviously. But yeah, I mean, it, we're now we're so tuned in. Yeah, to stuff it's like because that, we are. It is the age of wokeness. Because I didn't see any of that when, when I was a twenty-year-old. I mean, when I watched it the first time, I was like, "That's a." It's weird. Oh, I didn't at all. Cause, you know, I'm like, oh, I know exactly who these groups of people are. Mm. Whatever. And now I'm like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. That's probably... Well, that and the plot. <laughs> but probably... Well, the, the people have always made fun of the plot. It's not, I don't even make fun of it. I'm just, like, confused by it. It. It's politics and... It's, Senates and well, it's politics and trade. Trade federations, like it's, that's not fun and exciting. It's commerce and and a. Uh, so it's like Wall Street and space. Basically, yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you what the plot no. is. <clears throat> I couldn't. I don't. I mean, it's not like I've only seen this a couple of times. I've seen this because a I don't of time. because I don't even understand the role of. In the galaxy of the Trade Federation. What are they trading? What Slaves? Are they, what do they do? Because they've created a, some kind of blockade. I don't know. On the Against the planet of Naboo. But for why? I don't know. And then they, in fact, do invade. Hmm. Again, why? To what end? What resource does Naboo have? That whoever controls the Trade Federation wants. What? I mean, I don't know. And Naboo seems to be the only Star Wars planet that isn't uh, confined to the... One season? One terrain. Terrain. One Um, planet. Unless... Naboo's pretty nice. Unless the terrain is Italian coastal terrain then yes that is their entire terrain yeah it's but it's not all like ocean planet or all desert planet yeah or forest or forest nibu's nibu's pretty nice i would live there they i mean they are an aquatic planet but they have fields but they're not that people roll around in not uber just oceany like uh the clone planet casino camino camino 
I like Camino too. And then you look at Coruscant and it's all one city. I'm like, this is so stupid. Coruscant. 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 Ampersand. <laughs> so we cannot really talk about the plot. We can just say this movie is about Darth Vader when he's a little boy. Sure. It's it's the Darth <clears throat> Vader origin story. It's the chosen one. It's a Bible story. <laughs> um, And it has midi-chlorians. You know, the midi-chlorians, the first time I saw it, didn't bother me. They don't bother me now. It's just, it's. I realize it's super unnecessary. It's really, it's just like, oh, we don't do that anymore. We don't. They stopped the, dealing with that. The one thing that... <sighs> they should have brought midi-chlorians into the Rise the one thing of Skywalker. That, I, want, I don't want to say triggering, but the one thing that I is a stickle, stickle point, stickling? Stickle. Stick, this stickle. is a stickle. Is a... What is it? The divine concept? No, the... Uh, oh, the something conception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. It's the Madonna album title, right? <laughs> Immaculate Conception. Immaculate Conception. Yes. Of Anakin. Yeah. Because by these, I guess, bacteria. I carried him. I gave birth to him. I raised him. I, I don't know how it happened. There was no father. There was no father. You know what? I think she wins the movie, by the way. She's my favorite. I, I've always liked Shmi. Everyone likes Shmi. Because she's great. And I love her accent. She's Swedish. It's... Her name is Pernilla. Oh, that's right. It's it's such a a soothing. Yeah, I want her accent. to read me bedtime stories. I want her and Lupita to have a talk off, just talking to each other. Liam Neeson can join too. If sure. He wants. I guess. Yeah. Sure. I mean, he's got. Kind of, I like his voice. Everyone likes mm-hmm. his voice too. Yeah. And everyone likes Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson as Qui Gon Jinn or Liam Neeson as Aslan. <laughs> They're the same. <laughs> but I think most people agree Liam Neeson is a highlight of this movie. Uh, his character, Qui-Gon. Everyone, critics too. I mean, I think they really like him. I, Him and Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, if those two weren't in it, then there'd be nothing. I... What, you have issues with Ewan McGregor? No, 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 no. I do like, I really liked Ewan McGregor. I always have in this movie. Yes. And I really, I think I even more so liked Qui-Gon Jinn this time around. Mm. Like, the first, you know, my, all the previous viewings, I was like, oh yeah, that's Qui-Gon Jinn, whatever. That's, you know, he's cool, whatever. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I really do like him in this movie. Mm -hmm. And it makes, I mean, I always wonder if, if he hadn't died. What would have been the Star Wars saga, you know? What would have happened to the Skywalkers? Well, we still would have had to have a reason for Vader, I mean, for Anakin to, be, to become corrupt. I'm just saying if those didn't exist. If what didn't exist? The other movies. If we don't know Darth Vader. Oh, oh, oh. But Qui-Gon lived. Like, how would how would um, Anakin have turned out? No, 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 I know, I know. I'm just saying, let's pretend that he doesn't turn bad. No, oh, okay. Oh, I got it. Oh, okay. Oh, so we're saying, so we're saying the originals don't happen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got Darth it. Vader's. So like, if this is the first movie, and and his plan isn't to make Darth Vader bad, right? Because Qui Gon lives. I mean, because the whole thing of this movie is we already know what happens to Anakin. So if yes. this if this is the first movie, I'm just comparing. Like, how could that story go? If he had lived, would Anakin still turned out bad, or would he have? been something else because Qui-Gon lived and he didn't 
would he still had a bet? Would he still be? I mean, Obi Wan apprentice, and all that shit would have happened, or if that stuff not happened if Palpatine hadn't rose to power and and well, Anakin I- become his apprentice. I mean, it's all this chain of events that I feel like happened once Qui-Gon was gone. Everything does slant towards having Anakin go bad, though, because the Jedi Council is already against him. Well, Yoda's suspicious. Both Mace Windu and Yoda, for sure, are against Anakin. Yeah. They want nothing to do with him. Do you think they know? I don't know if they know, but because the fact that they all acknowledge that he's the chosen one... Mm-hmm. As part of the Jedi prophecy, then why wouldn't they nurture him? Yeah, yeah. Because he's Yoda. There's did a bad thing. The whole idea of having a chosen one in a prophecy is that that's the one. So if this is the one, you don't just shit on the prophecy. Then, well, Dumbledore kind of did it to Harry. Yeah. Well, see what happens. Harry's the chosen one, and Dumbledore's like, bye. Make you do all this shit for me when I'm gone. Lead just like a lamb to slaughter. No, but I mean, like, yeah, he's the chosen one, but we're not going to help him now because we're scared. It's too late. But that's that would think... all be part of the prophecy, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, dumb Jedi. Yeah, they fu- they've done fucked up in this. So. In these prequels, the Jedi are not coming out looking good. And I mean. I do get that even, okay, even it, so even with that going against Anakin, had Qui-Gon lived, then there is the chance that the Jedi Council would have come around to Anakin being, okay, he might have started too old as a youngling, mm-hmm. but we can still, you know. Lead him towards We can different. still, you know, make lemonade out of his lemon. <laughs> Because what do you think, and I know I'm probably going ahead in, in the movies, what's his triggering point? What's it's the moment? Is it when his he sees his, his mom? Or is, is he it, angry is before it, that? Is it the sand people? That's what, I don't know, but he kind of had but anger, he's already hot-headed. before that. Yeah, though. he's very hot-headed and spazzy. It's because, well, really what it is, it's because Obi-Wan is not capable of training him yet yeah so he started obi-wan was not prepared to take on the role of dad basically yeah which and, is what it is so again i say if qui-gon had lived so longer if, if qui-gon had been the one to train him yeah probably anakin would have been fine i bet you so you've done fucked up obi-wan well it's not obi-wan's fault he's, no he kind of he gets saddled with this kid yeah. here he's your kid now because this weird horn person has stabbed me. It's a great death, though. It's pretty. Whose death? Qui-Gon's death? Yeah. He gets... Hit in the nose. Yeah. And I'm just saying, that whole scene. You know that whole scene. I mean... And we all know that Darth Maul got his legs cut off, but still managed to spider crawl his way back. Not only his legs, he got his whole lower half of his torso cut yeah. off. Yeah. Well, he turns into a spider or something, right? He gets like spider mechanical legs, yeah. yeah. And then comes <laughs> and hooked up with Kira. <laughs> Somehow we. <sighs> I'm all on board for Solo Two. Come on. I mean, they wouldn't even make a Solo Two. It would be a different character of that thread. 
it would then be there it become their like it would be Kira a Star Wars story because really oh. that's or Darth Maul a Star Wars story because oh, we kind of know what Solo does after that yeah anyway we don't have it or Lan- well we already know what Lando does too <clears throat> or it would be mm-hmm. uh, Enfys <clears throat> Nest that young girl it would be Akira she's the yeah. man it would be either Akira or Darth Maul it would be Darth Maul would be cool because then we would see it. They could call it Maul. We would see the solo story from Darth Maul's eyes. So it'd be Clone Wars. Mm, no, because that. Was Solo. Okay. Where is Solo in relation to Clone Wars? Isn't it right Isn't it after? during? Is it during and. I thought it was. Rogue One. Oh, because when Solo, when Han Solo's fighting at the beginning, when he first meets uh, uh, uh. Um, Zombieland guy, fucking, you know. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. I like how it's the Zombieland guy. Because <laughs> that's the movie I saw most recently of him again. Not Kingpin? No, I think. Oh, maybe. You know that bowling guy we just watched? Um, because, yeah, what is he just fighting in a Imperial versus Republic battle? There's no clones or anything, right? It's just it's just Empire versus um, Rebels and stuff. I gotta... Go away. <clears throat> oh, for fuck's sake. Did we ever say wow. the name of this movie? Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I haven't said any info about it. We just started talking about mm. the weird plot. Episode Two. Then so, it's yeah. Clone Wars movie. Then it's Clone Wars TV series. Then it's Revenge of the Sith. Then it's Solo. Oh, so okay. And then it's Star Wars Re- Rebels. And then it's Rogue okay. So One. the Clone Wars has already happened. The then Jedi Order has already fallen. Nope. No. What? Revenge of the Sith is when the Jedi fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Jedi have already Jedi Order has already fallen, and then Solo comes around. Okay. Yeah, Solo's right after Revenge of the Sith, <clears throat> and not right after. I couldn't tell okay. you when. So yeah. Because that's thirteen BBY. So back to Phantom Menace. Uh yeah. Would <clears throat> Anakin have been better? Had Qui Gon been his with master? Qui-Gon, yeah. And I think so, because I mean. Because really, we we have Obi Wan due to Qui Gon. Hmm? Obi Wan exists because Qui Gon uh-huh. was a good teacher. Uh huh. But Obi Wan was. Obi Wan not ready. He was still. Obi Wan was given the task of becoming a teacher too early. When he was still an apprentice. So. Yeah. Um, so I think it's safe to say that Qui-Gon would. I feel like was, he would have been Would different. have been a consistently better teacher. I feel like he would have been different. Um, not saying that Shmi would have escaped death in any way. No. Um, but maybe Anakin would have been better prepared to handle it had Qui-Gon been there instead of yeah, Obi-Wan or whatever. To control yeah. his. Yeah. 
Jedi is not the um. It's you know it's like that same kind of stories. All the bad Hollywood people, those kids who end up bad, they didn't have good people around them. And here's here's a bigger question though. What would Anakin? What would Anakin's life had been have been? Had Qui Gon not cheated and caused the chance cube to land on blue or red or whatever the fuck blue. Blue, it's the boy. Red, his mother. I don't remember that scene. <laughs> when he, when Aunt, when Qui Gon bargains to trade his mm-hmm. pod to for Watto, one Watto, of the slaves, Watto, doodles, Watto. Uh huh. I have a chance cube here. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't even paying attention. Blue, to what they were the saying. boy. Red, his mother. Oh, and he made him. And he, forced flips the okay so die. what's your question if he so if he hadn't meddled and it landed on shmi to be freed anakin would have been stuck with Watto for whoever but yeah would shmi even have gone no with quite or no. she would just probably still be living with anakin she just wouldn't be a slave anymore yeah she wouldn't have left her son no. her son could leave her yeah, yeah she yeah. can't leave him yeah. that's why i'm like i don't even know what scene you're talking about huh I just thought he was talking and they came up with a deal. I don't remember any dice. So this movie opened May 19th, 1999. It was a fucking big deal. Yeah, because Star Wars was back. Yeah. This, I feel like, was a bigger deal than Force Awakens. This was a bigger deal than any other Star Wars movie prior to the originals, before or since. I mean, there's a longer period of time between this. We've had Star Wars movies consistently since this movie came out. Well, you know, there was 10 years between Sith and Force Awakens. But how many between? 16. Yeah. Crazy. I'm just saying. Oh, no, I know. This was the. But and I feel like we, we were so burned by these prequels that some people still carry that sh- chip on their shoulder. So the hype for Force Awakens wasn't. I mean, it was big, but it wasn't like it was like, well, I saw what happened with the prequels. I'm really worried. And it's not only that, it's because we've already had so much new Star Wars content since... Yeah, there's been Clone Wars, Rebel, or, you know... Like, there were no Star Wars... No, Star Wars was dead. ...animated shows after Return of the Jedi. No, Star Wars was good as dead. Yeah. Until George Lucas, like, guess what? You occasionally had random, like, merchandise tie-ins after Return of the Jedi. And video games? Video games and books. Maybe. But it was still in the public conscious, but it wasn't something that people thought about all the time. But it was, yeah, it was, you know. Nowhere near what it became. You didn't have a cinematic spectacle of Star Wars until Phantom Menace came out. Uh, you remember this time? Yeah. Tell me about it. I don't know. Was... I wouldn't have been born for another 10 years. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hate those people. I wasn't even born yet. No, they can't help when they were born. I mean, I remember... Okay, so... I remember hearing my parents in my early Star Wars heyday of being a young child, having having seen all three Star Wars movies, I remember my parents telling me, oh yeah, he had planned three sets of three movies. Mm. I was like, oh, that would have been cool. But at that point, it was already... That idea was already dead. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that would have been kind of cool. You know, said 12-year-old me or however the fuck old. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then 
rumor was popping up of, of George Lucas is working on another Star Wars movie. And there, and the plan had been for three more now. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, and I would re- remember what my mom had told me. This is those part of those three. It's it's coming true. And then when it was official that there was in Your fact. Your mom still had to tell you all this? What? Your mom still had to tell you all this? No. Uh, what are you talking about? Oh, it's not like, and then my mom told me Phantom Mass is coming out. What are like you talking Like you were like two or something. I wasn't listening. Continue. No. And then. Mm-hmm. So when it was official. I I mean, I. 1993 is when it was announced. Couldn't believe it. It was. I don't think anyone could believe it because this was a dead property. It. I mean, it was the only thing that so many of us were talking about. Mm-hmm. For a long Constantly. time. Constantly. And this was before internet, so yeah. there were no behind the scenes. There was nothing. No. Which is what made the hype so unbelievably And it, there was still huge. no title yet, you know? You know what the working title was? No. The beginning. Oh. That's less creative than I would have thought. It's, n- it's no Blue Harvest. It's no Blue Harvest. It's no... Uh, something, 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 Dark Side. Shit. Sorry. What are the <laughs> other ones? I, I don't remember. Because I have the Attack of the Clones... 35 millimeter print mm-hmm, trailer and i think that has the working title on it the codename title on it i think on the label i don't remember so i also have the gunshy trailer here's so. the official <laughs> so throughout the 1980s george you know kept saying he has no desire to mm-hmm. you know, after 83 he's like he i'm done mm-hmm. i don't want to do anything like that again um and he had canceled his sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. Our Force Awakens and yeah. whatnot, which he had been planning before the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he had all that backstory, he's like, he couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Which anyone, if they have, you know, you didn't see Tolkien going, well, he probably still had so much backstory in his head he never put to paper. But um, so in the early 90s, you had um, Dark, Hor- Dark Horse comics uh-huh. were big and timothy zahn's novels were yep. big or trilo- he had a trilogy of like novels and stuff and george lucas saw that there was still a big audience for star wars mm-hmm. like his audience hadn't gone away no it just wasn't all over because we didn't have the media we have today but yeah. people you know they had their vhs's mm-hmm. or whatever was yeah. out yeah vhs Probably. Or maybe you took catch it on cable. Um, yeah, I wonder how often it how it aired. How often it, it played on TV. But um, because of the development of like CGI stuff, which he you know he really wanted to use, he yeah. said uh, finally announced in 1993 that he'd be making the prequels, and the film's working title was The Beginning, and he later revealed the true title was Phantom Menace. A reference to Palpatine hiding his true identity as an evil Sith Lord behind the facade of a well-intentioned public servant. 
Which is funny because you, you hear Phantom Menace. Like, the first thing I think of is not Palpatine. It's like, what's this movie about? Oh, who's the Phantom Menace? Oh, it's Palpatine. I. It's I've, very misleading, like, with, like, J.K. Rowling's titles with her books. Who's the Half-Blood Prince? Is it Harry? No. It's a person you're not going to think of. And ev- But even that, that still has, you still get that, it still comes to fruition of who exactly that is. We never exact, we're never explicitly told who or what the Phantom Menace is. Yeah. At it least, could be Darth Maul. At least in it could be Half Blood Prince, you have a character who says, "I'm the Half Blood Prince." Yeah. <laughs> no one ever says, "Oh, he's the Phantom Menace." You never. <laughs> the words "Phantom", Phantom or Menace. "Menace" are never no, spoken. They are not. But attack uh, clones are, <laughs> and revenge. Yeah, well, mean, it's Sith. Yeah, Phantom Menace is an odd title because actually. This should be called Revenge of the Sith. Well, like that. Remember that guy who said the, the actual oh, yeah, titles? The, oh, that's right. I forgot because you have were. Darth Maul saying, at last we will have a revenge. And they're Sith. That's a line in this movie. Yeah. Well, isn't that neither here or there? What we should have had it was in Attack of the Clones, Mace Windu saying, oh, he was he was the menace. He was the phantom who was menacing us. So, who do you think, uh, George... Because George didn't want to direct. He's, you know, after... Irving Kirshner. Who do you think he asked? We have... Coppola. Three. And Landis. we have... Well, we've covered... We for sure covered one a couple weeks ago. Robert... Oh. Robert Altman. <laughs> um, we have yet to cover... I don't think we've covered either one of these guys yet. I mean, they're big names. 80, big ladies' mm. names. Spielberg. Spielberg, of course. Mm. The other guy. Um, Zeme- Zemeckis. No. Robert Zemeckis. Oh, yeah. Robert. Yep. Yeah, that's the name I'm thinking of. Uh, and this uh, guy, he actually ended up directing a Star Wars movie uh, a few years ago. And we talked about him a couple weeks ago. Who? Ron Howard. Oh, my God. What did he direct? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So he asked Ron Howard, Zemeckis, Spielberg, um, but they all thought it was too daunting, which, yes. Yeah, because it is. the guy who created it can't even handle it. And they said he should direct it. So. <laughs> Here, you it's your mess. <laughs> you fix it. So let's talk about <laughs> our cast. Uh, go through the cast really quick. We said Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. A Jedi Master who discovers Anakin and under the belief that he is destined to bring balance to the Force as the prophesied Chosen One insists that the boy be trained as a Jedi despite the Jedi Council's refusal to do so. They done fucked up. Thank you. I mean, you're given the baby Jesus and you're said, Nah. Yeah, it's the baby Jesus. Yeah, throw him in the river. Yeah, we don't want to deal with him. <laughs> um... Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. How old do you think he is? I never knew. 25. He is 25. Oh, really? He's a 25-year-old Jedi Padawan. Oh, wait. Did he say that? 25-year-old Obi-Wan or 25-year-old Ewan McGregor? 25 Obi-Wan. Okay. I don't know how old Ewan was. Yeah, I think he was 30-ish. 
he maybe looks, he was 25. He looks like a child. He could have been younger. I couldn't tell you. Um, he holds his master in high regard, but questions his motives at time, hmm. especially when it seems he is breaking the rules of the Jedi. Um, yeah, but sure. Mm. Interesting. So you and McGregor studied uh, lots of Alec Guinness movies and stuff to emulate his speaking and what are you looking up? Ewan McGregor is 49 years old right now. Okay. So 29. So yeah, it was about 30. Yeah, okay. 99. They filmed probably 97, 98. So. Okay. So he gets better looking as he gets older. Yeah, I could see that. God, that's annoying. I wonder if he likes younger women. Who's his younger Isn't woman? he Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Did he marry? No. Just hooked up with her or something, oh. right? While he's married. Um, I don't know. Natalie Portman as Queen Padme Amidala. It's weird uh, they call her Queen Padme Amidala when she plays both Padme and Amidala. <laughs> 14-year-old well, Queen of Naboo who hopes to protect her planet from the Trade Federation's blockade invasion, which we don't understand, but it's not even important. Like I think everyone only knows her as Queen Amidala. Mm-hmm. And then they know the handmaiden she has as Padme. Padme. Yeah. And they switch off. Yes. She wants to go out and see the world. So she has her um, body double. Her. <laughs> um, pretend to be her while she's mm-hmm. pretending to be a handmaiden. I like her body double better than her. I So... She has, she seems to, I think she's, people, do people seem, do people. What? Do people not like Natalie Portman in this movie? No, I don't think so. Wait, what? I don't think they do. No, wait. What? Do people not like her? This is what I said. So, do people like Natalie Portman in this movie? Okay, that's. Okay. Yeah, don't throw in that extra yeah, 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 yeah. weird shit. <coughs> I don't think so. I mean, she's okay. She's, but... I think the problem is... I Because I saw what people would be picking on. Yeah, me too. Um, Her delivery. I think I'll... I would imagine, because I think Are she's you a... you an angel? Well, I think she's a <laughs> much better actor than this movie would indicate. Yes, we can. Um, I think we can agree. No, about, easily. Yeah, I think ninety nine percent of the problem was costume and makeup. Nothing looked comfortable on her. Not even when she was a handmaiden. It's like fucking pajamas, dude. There's so much material in there. She's she's walking like she shit her pants when she's wearing the Amidala stuff. Well, no, when she's in her hand, blue handmaiden jumpsuit overall. Orange. No, I mean, when she's walking around in on Tatooine. Oh, that. Okay, I was just thinking of when she's in the orange shit. No, that's nothing. She doesn't do anything there. Which is sometimes we see she her. She says in... like three words. No, she says some stuff. But, uh. Okay, when, she, when her, her hair is kind of down and she's got those weird. She's got the poofy sleeves. Yeah. There's so, they're all okay. bunched up everywhere. Anyways. Okay. Awkward. 
But even, but especially all her Amidala dresses. Sure. They all look like they weigh a hundred pounds. But they're amazing. And she has three inches of makeup on her face. But they're amazing. She, I mean, she can't even move her neck. Those are some of my favorite costumes of oh, yeah. the entire saga. They're f- you got to hand it to that. They are fantastic. Yeah. But, I mean. Decoy. That's what the word I was trying to think of. Landmines. Her handmaiden was her decoy. Yeah. Her decoy is Sabe, mm-hmm. uh, one of her handmaidens, played by Kira Knightley, personal fave. She was like 14. How old was Natalie Portman? In this uh, about the 14. I think they're about the same age. Right. And Natalie Portman might be t- like two years older than her. But Kira Knightley is taller than yes, her. Yes. Because you can see that in a couple of Because Natalie Portman's like my height. And Kira Knightley is Five, like seven, I think. your height plus two. <laughs> yeah, you can see um, the height. And, and I'm like, well, there's times where it's Natalie Portman as queen. And mm-hmm. Kira Knightley as queen. Mm-hmm. And Qui-Gon talks to both of them. Mm-hmm. Like, he never noticed that her height changes because I noticed. <laughs> well, but they do look alike. They look they look so much like that. Their Kira Knightley's mom couldn't yes. tell them apart. Yes. And first time I saw this, I didn't have a clue. No. I mean, I, mean, and, I, don't, I didn't pick up on this. On the, when and she, I mean, when they're in makeup, I mean, they look exactly alike. Yeah. So Kira's parents tried to convince her not to audition but she because still it wasn't sought like, a role since she was a star wars fan because it wasn't like a serious kind of because eh, it's star wars it's yeah. probably a lot of stuff to it's a big movie to do yeah but it, it but the casting was um influenced by her remarkable similarity similarity to Natalie portman with the actress admitting their mothers could not tell each other apart Knightley was reported to have cried every single day due to finding the wardrobe uncomfortable. So she didn't like it either. Yeah. I don't know about Natalie Portman. I'm Natalie sure doesn't really talk about this anymore. She's come around. She has. Her and Hayden have both. Mm. Um, They've made peace with this Yeah, and whole I think thing. they just need to embrace it. Mm. Just embrace it. And I, think, shit. and I think it helps now that there are more vocal fans in favor of them before the only ones you heard were the ones that were the haters mm-hmm. and now there's much more fans in favor that are out loud and you know mm-hmm. that are celebrating them mm-hmm. now so over 200 actresses auditioned for padme i couldn't tell you who though. that doesn't sound like enough over 200 okay, could have well, been a thousand that could be five million <laughs> Um, so the production notes stated that the role required a young woman who could be believable as the ruler of the planet, but at the same time be vulnerable and open. Um, they picked her based on her performances in The Professional, mm. uh, Beautiful Girls. Uh, they all, I mean, those. Beautiful Girls is sure. a I don't, great. I saw it like once. I don't remember. It's it. a great role that, that she has. Professional freaks me out because she was like 10 in there. Freaky. With Jean Reno. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. So she hadn't, she was not familiar with Star Wars at all, mm-hmm. but was enthusiastic about being cast as a character she expected to become a role model. She expected to become. Um, I feel like that backfired on her. The potential was there. 
She said, I, it was wonderful playing a young queen with so much power. I think it will be good for young women to see a strong woman of action who is also smart and a leader. She's no Leia, her, but no fault of hers. Her role is strongest. Actually, her role is strongest in this movie. Yeah. It's when she fun- gets with the dude that yeah. people really hate her. You're breaking my heart. Well, that's the worst thing ever. But Apparently, that can really happen. Oh, whatever. But this shouldn't have been her strongest movie. You know. It should have been Revenge of the Sith. It should have gotten better each time. Uh-huh. But it, you know, blame it on the writing, really. You got to do what the words say. Like what Harrison Ford said. Well, you can write the shit, but you can't say it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, no, I, and I'm a huge Portman fan. Mm-hmm. And I think she's great in this movie. Okay. Like... I just think she was she was handicapped by poor dialogue by the choice of either she looks great or she acts great. Hmm. Let's make her let's make her look let's make her poster worthy, not soundbite worthy. Mm, Okay, you know. Because I mean, cool some mythy. of the, some of the. Ooh, that was a nice crack of thunder. Is that thunder? Yeah. It didn't sound like it. Because I mean, some of the best, like stills, are of her. Yeah, well, because you just see her costume. Yeah. And her painted face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's fantastic. It stands out. The trailer, that scene with her mm-hmm. by the window. Let's talk her, about the trailer really quick. And her weird. Do you remember this trailer? No. You didn't have cable. It premiered on fucking like MTV or something. Well, no, the music video. There was a music video. I've seen it, but I don't Duel remember the, it. for Duel of the Fates. Yeah, they premiered really it on it. Toll Request Live. I do know that. Yeah. Because uh, I remember watching it on my little TV in my mm-hmm. dorm, freaking out. But this trailer was insane, and I think people remember the trailer more than the movie. I know I've seen it. The I don't trailer remember is it. fucking great. I'd have to see it to remember. I was gonna it. rewatch the trailer before we recorded, and I forgot. Let's, why don't we pause and watch the trailer? Okay. You guys do the same. I guess it. we're watching it right now. Play. Yeah, I do remember the opening of the... Where it shows... All the mist. The mist and the Gungans. Mm-hmm. Every generation has a legend. And you're going to read the whole thing? Yeah. Every journey has a first step. Oh, God. Beautiful Tuscan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, look at her by the window. Yep. I mean, it looks great. Every saga has a beginning. Pod race! I mean, just. Yeah, I do remember this trailer. I mean, the music helps. Mm-hmm. Jeff. Boy. I mean, he's adorable. Mm-hmm. Shmi, her awesome braid. Anakin Skywalker? 
Yoda's hair clumps lead to suffering. Yeah, it's odd. Like, you would never know watching this trailer that it's about Trade Federation. I don't remember seeing... Darth Maul's lightsaber in the trailer. The saga begins spring 1999. Um, I don't know. I don't, I mean, we see it. Because I, but I also don't know that if I saw the trailer before the movie. I would, I imagine I must have. But in my memory, seeing the Darth Maul lightsaber for the first time, happened in the movie for me. Mm. Maybe. Because was there... There had to have been a teaser before the trailer came out too, right? Or no? Well, I typed in Phantom and his teaser trailer, but nothing comes up. Oh, really? Just that first one. So that must have been the only thing then. That seemed like a lot well, of... Two minutes. Star Wars Phantom is official teaser trailer i feel like this is gonna be the same one because it's just it's about 10 seconds shorter yes yeah, same one mm-hmm. so and back then it, there were usually wasn't a teaser true because now well now they have teasers for teasers because yeah now there's you know the five second usually there's like a we're not going to show you anything we'll show you a swath of fabric or a color yeah anyway no this movie was uh i mean no joke it was a dream come true for me yeah like are we still talking about the cast (laughs) new star wars movie happening yeah but yeah natalie portman that was who we were talking about last, right? Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, she does what she I does. I do like her in this movie. I get why people don't, but it doesn't bother me the way that it bothers other people. Yeah, she no, bo- it doesn't. Her, She's watchable. Her performances are a little more cumbersome to me later on in 2 okay. and 3. Uh-huh. But, and even then, they're not horrible. She doesn't, once she, because she, like, doesn't have a job anymore. I know. But, I mean, in this movie, I think she's she fucking great. Yeah. And she's watchable. Unlike. But it is it is her costumes that seem to be very. Okay, hold her back, maybe? Problematic for her. Because they're huge. Mm-hmm. There's massive wigs. And there's so much goddamn makeup on her face. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we talked about Jake Lloyd as our he's f- he is fucking adorable. He says nine year old, but I think he was seven. I thought he was eight. So I mean, whatever. Okay. Uh, he has dreams of becoming a Jedi. He's a pilot and he's a slave, but he's also a person. His name is Anakin. And he's also born from magic. Yeah, he was 
not conceived by any known way that we know. But, and I, he, for some reason, got shit on the most and um, had a really, lef- a really tough life after this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't, for- I won't forgive those people for being shitty to him because he was a kid and he did a fine job. Pod he- racing is fucking fun. He did a great job. He, I mean, they should have done a second take during his first yippee. Yeah. This movie wouldn't and be maybe they shouldn't have written the word yippee in the first place. He shouldn't. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think the yippies are endearing. I hate the yippies because. Yippee! I hope we you play it. never hear that word in any Star Wars movie before or since. We never hear a single word that comes out of Jar Jar's mouth in any other movie. Let's talk about Jar Jar. Well, we hear words come out of his mouth in the next two. Not really. They don't really let him talk. He still talks. Well, they're usually like, shut up. He still talks. He still gets some words out. Um, Jar Jar Binks. The... I think it's most people's least favorite part of the, the well, prequels. Yeah. I I can't even talk about them. I on one hand, I'm okay with the idea of a Jar Jar Binks character. Okay. I'm not okay with the execution of the Jar Jar Binks character. Yes. For obvious reasons, but I I think. A Gungan that helps our Jedi. Mm-hmm. Fine. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Sure. Why that persona? Why that? I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on George. Why, why that choice for? But Ahmed Best, he was our Jar Jar, and he seems like a pretty great guy. He, I've, I've heard over and over again that he would constantly make everyone laugh. Yeah, like they had a great time filming. Everyone everyone loved him. I think everyone had a great time filming in general. Yeah. That's the funny story mm-hmm. about this is that people hate this movie so much, but then the actor's like, we were having a great time. Yeah. We had. I mean, you and McGregor no couldn't stop making lightsaber noises. Well, he's having a fucking blast. He's, <laughs> you know, he's it's a Obi-Wan. dream come true for yeah. him. Yeah, and whatever. But Jar Jar, I can do without. I I need Jar Jar, but I need him to sound different. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, Ian McDermott as our Senator Palpatine. Um, slash Darth Sidious. He's a wonderful... It's so weird that he was 37 in Return of the Jedi. Made him look like he was a billion years old. That seems either very lucky or very smart foresight you know? right <laughs> i mean george lucas either looks like a genius or the luckiest motherfucker in the world who am i gonna get to play palpatine how about the guy who played him 16 years ago he's aged perfectly you know what you're you're in your 30s we're gonna make you look a hundred because so that in case this shit comes back around in three years 
we can put you back in in makeup again. <laughs> so he's a you know senator of Naboo. He's also a secret Sith Lord, and um, he gets elected as Supreme Chancellor of the Galactic Republic because he wants to do stuff. Now, there's parts where it's obvious that this is all part of his plan. Yeah. Is he? I mean, does he go into getting Chancellor Valorum kicked out because he knows that he'll get voted in as Chancellor? I think so. Because he has so many people in his pocket. That's how I kind of saw it. Yeah. It's not like, okay, whoever they get in, if it's not me, we'll get that person out too eventually. Mm. But we need to get Valorum out because he's, he's ethnically good. He's just being manipulated by... People that we control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't understand any of it, but yeah. yeah. So I don't know. And um, Darth Sidious has an apprentice as well. Of There's course. always two. There's a master, and his apprentice is our favorite Darth. Is my favorite Darth? I don't know. I like him better than Darth. Count Dooku. Count Dooku. Darth Dooku. Darth Dooku. I was like, wait, what's his name? Um, Darth Maul, uh, he uses, uh, he's, uh, painted, like, black and red. Oh, that's, got a little... that's not paint, that's his skin tone. Okay, that's what I meant. Yeah. He's not tatted up or anything, that's his species. What is his species? I don't remember. He's got horns, kind of uh-huh. looks like a devil. Sure, yeah. Um. He actually looks like a, like a... Like a Japanese demon. Mm, yeah. You know. But he has the coolest lightsaber. Mm, does he though? Uh, it seems derivative. It's Lightsaber cool. is cool. Let's stick them two together. But when he turns that thing on, because everyone goes, oh. The Inquisitors have pretty cool lightsabers. That's the one with the spinning part in the middle. The spinning hill. But. Count Dooku has a pretty fucking awesome saber with the curved hilt. Okay, just and the hilt. Mace Windu has a it's purple badass saber. But we don't see those. No, I know. This is the first one we see. True. It's as um because we had never seen groundbreaking a lightsaber as the green one was in Return of the Jedi. Okay. We never. We only saw blue and red. We saw green in Phantom Menace. No, I'm saying it. Oh, Return of the Jedi. I'm thinking chronologically. I'm sorry. So when we first see a green lightsaber for in the very first in 1983, time, I gotcha. That was fucking amazing. Sure. Nothing's gonna be better. But every than that. lightsaber we had seen had a hilt and a laser. One. I know. I'm saying. I know. Seeing a green one was amazing. I know. We talked about that. And now seeing a double bladed one is amazing. It's the same thing. It's just different. Okay. And, and then when the we saw best, Kylo Ren's, we're like, dang, that's badass. Look at it. Hear it. You can hear. The, people made so much fun of Kylo Ren's lightsaber when no. it first why? was revealed. They're like, why does it have like the little cross guards, which people assumed was made to mimic like an old timey sword? You know how it has a. Yeah. No, it's not the point. That wasn't the point of those. No. Again. Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Might be one of the coolest ones. Yeah. Because of the sound it makes. Because of that broken kyber crystal he has in there. Yeah. It's so 
haphazardly it's put together. So like just anyway. It's it's you know what? It's kind of rednecky. Okay. Um <laughs> Anthony Daniels, our C three PO, he's actually doesn't have any metal covering yet. He's just His parts are showing. His parts are showing, and R two D two humorously refers it to being naked. Kenny Baker's our R two D two, of course. Um R two the narrator of this saga? We, the how main, could he have narrated Phantom Menace? He's not the, he's there for like two minutes. The main character of the Star Wars saga. Um but he saves Amidala's uh ship. Mm-hmm. It's it it is our first introduction to R2 D2. I mean R2 obviously Like is. we see this is the origin story of R2 D2. Yeah, he belongs to He belongs to Princess Amidala uh, Queen Amidala. Does he? And C3PO belongs to Anakin. Because R2-D2 is part of Queen's ship. He's That's right. He's the built-in little Roomba. Does Darth ever see C3PO in the later movies? Darth. Vader. I'm sorry. Does Vader ever ever see C3PO and does he ever go, hmm? <laughs> e- I know that's coming before people. Are like, why didn't he recognize C3PO? But Well, we see lots of those droids. We do. That's a common droid. And really he doesn't see type. him with covering. He doesn't see him all gold and shit. Yeah. So he does see him in, in Cloud City on the yeah. back of Yeah. <laughs> in pieces. True. On Chewie's back. Um per, yeah, see Pernilla August as Shimi. We both talked about how we like her. She had a immaculate baby. And Yeah. Um Samuel L. Jackson is Mace Windu. He's a member of the Jedi Council. He does not want Anakin to step foot into a the room. He's strangely young, slender. Very young. But Samuel I mean, this L. was, Jackson. you know, five years after Pulp Fiction, but you would never know it. Because no, he has no like fucking hair. Completely smooth bald. Um, and he will be for the rest of his life, except for Black Snake Moan. He has hair on that. Did he have hair? He had hair in Captain Marvel because that. Yeah, because that's a flashback. Because that took place the same year as Pulp Fiction. Okay, um, Frank Oz, the voice of Yoda. Yoda's weird looking. He's no baby. Yoda's got some some weird side weird clothes. hair choices in this movie. Uh, oh, we didn't mention Ray Park is our Darth Maul. It's pretty uh spry guy. What has Ahmed Best done since Star Wars? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because it says Jar Jar is a CG mm-hmm. character, sort of. He's he's rotoed onto a frame, huh? onto the suit of Jar Jar that Ahmed is wearing. Uh-huh. Because you've seen the pictures of Ahmed. Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. his, Ahmed's face is in the neck of Jar Jar Binks. Yes, yep. That's funny. Yep. That does not seem comfortable either. That poor dude must have been sweating his balls off in that suit. Um, so McGregor, Ewan McGregor was cast from a short-lived... Wow. It's almost 10. McGregor was cast from a short list of 50 actors, mm-hmm. all of whom had to be compared... Two pictures of young Alec Guinness. Oh. Um, to make it more mm-hmm. believable, mm-hmm. which... Well, obviously a, that won't matter. What? Like, oh, because of other actors? Uh, 
Because, no, because of what... Jake Lloyd becomes Hayden Christian. Because of what George will do with computers later on. That's fine. <sighs> um, he had a vocal coach to help him sound like Alec Guinness. He studied his performances, blah, blah, blah. We know that. I don't... I don't look for Alec Guinness in Ewan McGregor. I did when I first saw it. Like, I don't go into it going, oh, I wonder if I can see... He's, I, I hear it. I don't see it, I hear it. There are th- times he sounds this the cadence of his sentences mm-hmm. sounds very elegant, very proper. I and I know it doesn't make sense, but I tended to look for similarities between Alec Guinness and Liam Neeson. Oh, because they're the older guy. Okay. And I mean, I know it didn't make any sense, and I, I wasn't doing it because oh, I wanted to see if I can. No, it was just, I just associated. Mm-hmm. One older guy with another older guy. And that was it. So they filmed the Tatooine scenes back in Tunisia. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, Mo- Mose mm-hmm. Espa. Is that how you say it? Sure. He was, was built outside the city of Tozir. Sorry if I'm saying these wrong. On the night following the third day of shooting, an unexpected sandstorm destroyed many of the sets mm-hmm. and props. Then production was quickly rescheduled to allow for repairs and was able to leave Tunisia on the date originally planned. That must have sucked. I remember reading about that, yeah. And then the Italian Caserta Palace was used as the interior of Theed City Naboo Palace. It was used as a location for four days after it had been closed to visitors. I love that whole... Any scene that had an explosion was filmed on replica sets in Lebston Studios. I, I mean, I love all of Naboo. Yeah, Naboo is a fantastic looking planet. God. And that's... And I mean, that's, unfortunately, it looks a lot like it would be Vegas. Um, This is the final Star Wars film to be shot on 35 millimeter film until The Force Awakens when J.J. did it. Mm-hmm. Um, We watched this on our uh, 4K Disney Plus on our 4K TV. It looked really great. It almost looked weird. At first it did. I got used to it though. Yeah, yeah. After the first few scenes. Like I can see so much skin texture right now. But I mean, it's a great looking movie. Uh-huh. Considering I mean, it definitely that looks better than our Blu-rays that we have too. Probably, yeah. Because uh. it's Blu-ray in 4K. No. no. Um, it is so if you have depth. a 4K TV, if you have Disney Plus, I recommend I mean, Yeah, if you watching. have access to a 4K copy of and 4K display, oh my God. It no. looks great. Um the pod race scene is always a fun scene. If you have really good speakers, it's even more fun. We used to have good speakers. We don't anymore. I remember that's what we watched first mm-hmm. when we tested the speakers out. We like put in the pod race scene. Oh, the Sony Dream System. The Sony Dream System. I that, mean, if, anything, if George does anything cast. right, he has his THX stuff that yeah. makes things sound really good. I mean, it's called Skywalker Sound for yeah, a reason. It, yeah, not disappointed in any of that. Um, so some of the first things we see in this movie that that we hadn't seen in Star Wars movies before. Um, some of the force powers mm-hmm. we haven't seen before, like running really fast, jumping really high, holding breath for a really long time, because um, they swim underwater. 
Yeah, but There's... that they're using little breathers. Oh, they have, yeah. I mean, they're like, holding their they're... breath in the, with the, the gas. The gas stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, we have telekinesis, which we'd seen a little bit before. Where do we... Oh, telekinesis, okay. Um, force push. We uh-huh. see a lot of force pushing. Mm-hmm. Summoning objects, which we had seen a little bit before. Luke managed to do mm-hmm. that a little bit. Um, and then foresight, allowing for quick quick reflexes, um, like I think Anakin has. Well, we hear about it. We don't really see anything. I think it. Anakin has it when he's yeah, doing his pod he's, race. Yeah, because he's talking to, when Qui-Gon's talking to Shmi, he can see things before they happen. Yeah. Which is why it seems like he has such quick reflexes. Mm-hmm. He's like. It's a Jedi trait. Yeah, that was. Quick. Apparently. Um, Tom Riddle in the orphanage. I can make things. <sighs> I can see things before they happen. <laughs> what are you ogoding? Um, I mean, I I think Lucas went a little force crazy. There was a lot of force stuff, and the whole mid and you know we mentioned the midichlorians at the beginning. We didn't really go into them. Um, Qui Gon tests. He takes some of Anakin's blood so he can tests get his midichlorians number which is uh, like a life force Does george lucas used too much force in this movie i think he <sighs> yeah you sound like that guy boss nass i don't know who the fuck he is i don't know his name they think their brain's so big i couldn't understand what he was saying so i don't know what those scenes were about um you don't have to tell me no uh, George, I, I don't know if George Lucas went force crazy. I just, I think. Well, I mean, this is the Jedi at their height. I and think so he went he, force crazy. He wanted to show the Jedi at their most powerful. And so. He did. Did he need to, though? Because. He had the CG, might as well. Because he wanted to show it all off. I mean, he had to, he. See, I, did he know where this trilogy was going by the time this movie was being filmed? I think so. Then... I don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, he... So he knows... uh, Okay, on that assumption, he knows that we're going to show the Jedi that are most powerful and then we're going to take it all away. We're going to show them Mm -hmm. how they can be beaten by... The, by you know, other dudes who are just one dude, but it's mm. multiples of that one dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what the end of the Jedi is. It's they're massacred by clones. Yeah. I mean, and then the end. That's and it. And then the only Jedi we really see is Obi Wan later years. Mm-hmm. We he you know has a little bit of Force stuff. Like going we on. get. Because really, I mean, chronologically, we we lose all of our Jedi. We have Obi Wan uh, living in self exile. Is he the last Jedi? The last Jedi would I think? Yes, he is technically the last Jedi. Even though Anakin was a Jedi after he- Obi Wan. But he then becomes not a Jedi when he becomes a, a Sith. Sith. Yeah, so he's so Obi Wan is still the only Jedi, mm-hmm. hence he's also the last Jedi. Although Yoda is also, yeah, Yoda's hanging around, mm-hmm. but he's retired. 
but he but also Obi-Wan becomes a Jedi after Yoda has been a Jedi. So still Obi-Wan is still the last oh. Jedi. <laughs> Even though Yoda lasts longer ultimately mm-hmm. than Obi-Wan. Yeah, he does. So then he becomes the last Jedi. And he's but but by then Luke is a Jedi. But but by then yeah. Leota is the last of the old, the OG Jedi. The old guard. Uh-huh. And now Luke is the new Jedi. So he's literally the last Jedi. And then that. And that carries over into Force Awakens. And then, and then there's is Leia ever truly a Jedi, though? Well, she has. She has training. training. I don't know. I would consider her to be. So then, there's a point where she's the last Jedi, but because she takes up the mantle, sort because Luke. Luke runs off. And but and Ray's not goes a Jedi. Ex- yeah, he goes into exile, and then we get there's always Leia. I mean, then we get Ray. <laughs> uh-huh. So I mean, there's always like one and a half like Jedi an overlap <laughs> of Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, this uh, film score. Composed, conducted by John Williams, of course. And I think this is probably one of the best sounding scores. It, I was going to say, I like... This score is great. I really like this soundtrack so much. Um, is it even a sound... Would you even call it a soundtrack? I mean, it, I guess it is. I mean, yeah, there's like he, a track of sound. There is a... Yeah. But I mean, it, it is score and it's fucking great. What's that note? It's oh, gosh. That it scared one. me. Um... Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, sound-wise, it sounds the best. Like, recording, if you listen to the recording, the sound is amazing compared to, I mean, they all sound great, but there's something about this one, that 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 first Star Wars main theme. So, you, I mean, you're talking about the, the fidelity of the actual yeah, sound. Yeah, the, the orchestra um, and every, it just. I'm, yeah, sure. I don't notice that, really. Oh, okay. It just, I mean, I just think, oh, because it's newer, that it's has more technology behind it. But I mean, musically, I like it so much. Um, of and course, I know one people of, don't. <laughs> well, actually, I know uh, like around like the film score world, uh-huh. people love F- Phantom Menace. I mean, Duel of the Fates is still yeah. possibly one of the it's best, best uh, pieces. Definitely best known track from this soundtrack. God, it's so good. Duel of the Fates, which was the music video. But there um, are musical cues that I really enjoy. Like yeah. I like every time we go back to Naboo, I like. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I mean, it's John Williams and it's Star Wars, like and that's Gungans have a nice theme. They're is it, underwater. Is it a theme or was it? It's a, like underwater a motif. Yeah, and yeah, themes motifs. I I really like the Gungan stuff. I mean, so while he was composing Anakin's theme, mm-hmm. which I can't think of what that's like in my head but um said williams tried to reflect the innocence of his childhood and to foreshadow his transformation into darth vader by using slight suggestions of the imperial march mm. in the melody so that's our you know it's for the audience that's mm-hmm. you know because yeah. the audience knows the imperial march we all know what that music means so when you hear it very very gently I mean, it's obviously done on purpose. So it's like, I think I like it for the tink, 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 but I really like it for the boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, it's good. It's um the release score was actually it's not in chronological order yeah, they... on the the soundtrack because John Williams that? made it like that. But there is a expanded edition. Mm-hmm. It's like the complete recordings. There's like sixty eight tracks. Mm-hmm. It's all in order of the movie. Yeah, I don't like it when it's not in movie order. Um. It's rare. Pirates, Pirates does that too. Because I, I don't know where I am now, you know, when I'm listening yeah, to cause it. Yeah, because we're because Duel of Fates is track number two. And you're like, that's at the end of the movie. Should we talk about that scene really quick? Darth Maul, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon um, during Duel of the Fates. It's a, it's a great scene. It cuts between them fighting and... And the... Amidala and her people and her, running, shooting at people. The, the Anakin, Naboo and Gungan... Yeah, and the clones. Versus the Trade Federation tro- clone droids. Droid the the droid army, which I like the droids. I. Why are they so chintzy? I don't know. They had to make them on the cheap. Is it because they had to make two billion? I mean, is of it them. just because they're not made to be durable? They're just made to kind of just yeah. be boots on the ground. Yeah. They're they're just they're more of a hindrance than an actual threat. Roger, Roger. Yeah. But I, I thought. I mean, I, I like them. I always kind. Of, I thought. I mean, really, they what they cool. are, they're like a a, a mass produced Chinese, mass produced. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, here we'll just flood. Yeah. The There's, field with these. It's quantity over quality yeah. with these guys. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we. Oh yeah, the the fight scene. It's good. <laughs> so yeah, the, <laughs> the duel of the fates. I mean. We got his his lightsaber opening. You know, well first the doors open and they show up. You know, he's standing mm-hmm. there. The Ta-da! he said in his black hood. Yeah, and some great lightsaber action with um, Ray Park is. Um, I mean, he's fantastic. And I mean, Ewan McGregor's really good with the lightsaber. You can tell he practiced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then you know he apparently really enjoyed practicing, making all the sound effects. And then of course Darth Maul kills Qui Gon. Mm-hmm. Um, Obi-Wan can't get to him because of those like force shield doors that keep closing and mm-hmm. opening or whatever um, I feel a real motion coming from Obi-Wan when he sees that like it's a powerful moment yeah. I think because you don't there's not a whole lot of emotion in these in this movie and I mean that gets you but that scene kind of like oof and it's, and it's made more intense because he can't do anything about it yeah, at he's that stuck, moment yeah. yeah you can't even you can barely hear he, him yell he's stuck in his little force Fish yeah. tank yeah. thing. <laughs> but I like how that's like the the most emotion the most emotional part of the movie that Darth is. Maul is a terrifying looking character. Yeah. He really is. I mean Yeah. And Ray Park has good facial acting. Mm. Like he, he didn't do the speaking though. His why well, not that's why I said facial acting. Yeah. His just his menacing mm-hmm. like stare and his his snarls and things, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they're so good. Well, there's that shot of him with Palpatine, mm-hmm. where you see the side of his face. Like you see him, they're both looking out, and then he turns to Palpatine. You see the side of Palpatine's face, and you see Darth Maul oh, looking uh, uh, like uh-huh. it's a. I think it might be on the cover of a, a DVD release or something. I don't know. It's a. I'll say famous, but I always uh, see that mm-hmm, shot. Mm-hmm. It's a cool, it's a cool shot, and you just he yeah. he looks menacing in that. But um, so we talked about how this was a really big deal. Um, how, how much? M- okay, so the budget was 115 million. You know, it was going to be expensive. 
How much do you think this movie made? That budget doesn't... I'm not surprised. Like It doesn't blow me away. Yeah. I'm I mean, like, oh, that's so expensive. No, I mean, I'm Star like, oh, Wars. That's fucking, yeah, it's... I mean, give them more money. 150, I mean... But I mean, yeah, I, and I do think it was money well spent. I mean, I know that people do have a, a problem later on with George's overuse of green screen. Like an attack of the clones. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, that doesn't happen here. Um, I mean, there's quite a bit. There is a lot. But I mean, it's, it's not, not as obvious. Yeah. I don't know. It blends in more with. I don't know. Because, I mean, they do have more sets in this movie. Mm-hmm. There is one bit of computer work that I think in the 4K viewing kind of took me out of it. Mm. It's when that, um, oh, it's, I believe it's Palpatine's ship that comes landing down mm-hmm. it's that red penis shaped ship that it it looks like a computer game okay okay like that looks a hundred percent that does not look believable to me yeah Amidala's weird silver liquid mercury ship uh-huh actually looks more real than this red yeah. thing that yeah and no. and Amidala's ship doesn't look real at all but yet it's it's more believable to mm-hmm. me than i think you know that's why i think you know with force awakens jj used so many practical effects mm-hmm. and practical sets um just to get back to that original and I think, trilogy and i don't think jj ever really has ever embraced being like a 100 percent green screen kind of person no anyways. no he yeah he does he does really like... He, if he can do it practical, he'll do it that what way. What you would call more real filmmaking. I mean... Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you have someone like Zack Snyder who's kind of... But that's his aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, that's... It, that's what it comes down to. We don't... At this point, we don't really expect realism from Zack Snyder. Because I think... What I, and I think George... I think what George's thing is he likes modern advancements... He likes, oh, yeah. He's like so, James Cameron. So he can make a better movie with real-life miniatures, but here's a new thing you can do instead. Oh, well, then let's do the new thing. Yeah. Whether it's easier or better, doesn't matter. Let's It's newer. Let's do that, mm-hmm. which is kind of his Achilles heel, I think. Yeah. So newer obviously does not mean better. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it can, but it doesn't necessarily equate to that. But yeah, I think that's what kind of, that's sort of George's kind of handicap is mm-hmm. he's going to go for a newer thing. But so, yeah, so yeah, budget was 115. Yeah, yeah. How much do you think it made? Oh, $555 million. Phantom Menace. I don't fucking know. A little bit higher. <laughs> one billion dollars yes 1.027 but was it 1.027 at that time or has that no. been okay see um it actually made nine nine something Jeez. and then it was that's re- still too much money for, really 
Wow. I tell you, the hype for this. Yeah, no, I know. But um, it was re-released, uh, th- like 3D release in 2012. Oh, I do. I didn't. And see that it. put it over a billion. Yeah, I do remember that. I didn't see it. Yeah. That's right. I forgot they did that 3D one. Um, Oof. Shit. You know, I think I did see the 3D one. In 2012. When? That was the year we moved here. We did not see nope, it. Nope, I did not. Um. So there's an employment consultant firm called challenger gray and christmas no they're a firm but they estimated that 2.2 million full-time employees missed work to attend the film the day it opened oh they're one of those kinds of accounting yeah. like they do that kind of weird um resulting sociology math resulting in a 293 million loss dollar loss of produ- i can't yeah, 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 yeah. 293 million dollar loss of productivity mm-hmm According to the Wall Street Journal, so many workers announced plans to view the premiere that many companies closed on opening day. That's funny. And then, of course, lines outside of movie theaters mm-hmm. started over a month before ticket sales even began. I mean, that was the first time I had heard of people camping out for a movie. Me too. And when yeah. we heard midnight showings, we're like, let's go to it. Because I was in college. Me and Elizabeth mm-hmm. were like, let's go to midnight showing. We saw Friday. Midnight. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that midnight meant Thursday. Oh. Which, I mean, it was still really crowded and people were, lots of people were dressed up. But I was like, oh, this has already been playing for a day. <laughs> like, I didn't understand midnight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, well, Eau Claire, it's not like it's. Um, I mean, there was a guy in California famously who had a tent set up a month before. Because they weren't Hoping selling them right. online. It, there was no way. It was a first-come, first-served basis. Yeah, in, I mean, you 90. had that's when you had to go to the theater and buy the ticket. Yeah. And you couldn't go. I mean, you just had to sit and wait for them to start mm-hmm. selling those tickets. And I think they... Did they end up selling them early because of the lines? I thought I read, like, they two weeks before the movie opened, they ended. They started selling them. Just to get people out of the... Yeah, I feel like I... Side, off that. the sidewalks and out of the parking lots. Um, some good, so there's so much shit about this movie, but some good stuff came out of it with, um, the opening and everything. Mm-hmm. So 11 charity premieres were staged across the U.S. on May 16th, which is three days before it opened. Um, receipts from the LA event where corporate packages were available be- between $5,000 and $25,000. Holy um, pro- shit. Proceeds were donated to the Elizabeth Glazer, Glazer Pediatric AIDS Foundation, other charity premieres. Included the Dallas premiere for the Children's Medical Center, the Aubrey Fund for the Pediatric Cancer Research at the Sloan Kettering Hospital in New York, the Big Brother Big Sister Association of Philadelphia premiere, and the Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C. George Lucas is big on children's charities. Yeah. Statements. And this is a movie for the kids. Mm -hmm. Statement said that tickets were sold at $500 a piece for these and <laughs> there were certain sections of the theaters were set aside for dis- disadvantaged children so you know some good stuff in all this are all of george lucas's kids adopted <sighs> jet i don't know i have no idea because I, mean, I know he's big on supporting like foster mm. care kids i mean yeah, i don't know i couldn't tell you hmm that's cool. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So I thought that was this kind of warmed my heart. So this was the... I would pay $500 <laughs> to go... 
at that time, Phantom to Menace. To see a, a, a new Star Wars movie after 16 years. You would not pay $500. Well, I mean, if, like, if, if, if we hadn't had a movie since... And it was the only way to see it? <laughs> if, no, I mean, if we hadn't had a movie, if none of this Star Wars shit has happened since Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And I'm now 40, 40 years old. And I hear, you know, there's he's coming out with a new Star Wars movie for the first time. And it's going to be on this date, but you can pay five hundred bucks to see it three days early for charity. Okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm probably buying a five hundred dollar fucking movie ticket. I would expect better from Phantom Menace. I mean, I would expect but I mean, like, to be a really good movie. But seriously, but yeah, if you saw yeah. that, if you can if remember had, back to your emotions, and if you it saw had been it, forty years, the first time you saw this movie, this was the best Star Wars movie. Because you were just because so, you were so excited, you saw the Lucasfilm logo, you saw the blue words in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away, and then that main theme hit, and you you scream, you I mean you cheered, and like, that's the fun of after your that was the hype right there. After having seen Phantom Menace for the first time on that first day, hmm. and someone said, "Okay, do you want to watch episodes four, five, or six right now, or do you want to watch Phantom Menace again? Yeah. Which one are you picking?" You're picking Phantom Menace again. Yeah, because you didn't understand it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because after you, you saw the... You of understanding. You just want to see it again. Yeah, because the pod racing sounded Let's, really good. We'll, in the we'll unpack it on our 10th or 11th viewing. <laughs> Let me just watch it again for the first time for the second time. Oh, that breeze feels nice. Um, so this was the first Star Wars film to be officially released on DVD. Uh, October 16th, 2001. Mm-hmm. A slightly extended cut from the theatrical release it became the fastest selling dvd ever in the u.s two i mean point, I, I bought it sure yeah 2.2 <laughs> million copies were sold its first week after release you bought each one individually then you bought the pack mm-hmm. we have like three different versions of phantom menace i think well i mean we have like five different versions of the original trilogy. yeah i know but a lot of people do we have five versions of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I'm never throwing those DVDs. Those DVDs are still my favorite. Sure. I mean, yeah, they're great. I mean, we bought all of them like sheep, you know. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a... Um, Happily. Has, has more behind the scenes. Yeah. Gotta buy it. Oh, look, this one has a different cover now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when we were young oh, yeah. and just spent money so foolishly. Um. Oh, let's see. We can touch upon the racial stereotype controversy type thing. Yeah, we don't need to. Everyone knows. Well, I think we should. Adju- we should. Yeah. yeah, we can. Um, Jar Jar has long droopy ears, reminiscent of dreadlocks, and spoke with what many perceived as a Caribbean patois. Patois, yeah. Yeah, reminiscent of Jamaican Creole. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's like black stereotypes on. There's that. I mean, and they do make him a very Jim Crow type of Mm. step and fetch it kind of character. So Georgetown University professor of African American studies, Michael Eric Dyson, said that the entire Gungan species seems suggestive. I can't say it, of a primitive African tribe with Boss Nass portrayed as a fat, bumbling caricature of a stereotypical African tribal chieftain. Um, the greedy and corrupt. Nemodians Nemodians, of the Trade Federation sound like a bunch of Japanese people. They're they're Asian. They're very Asian. They're very, yeah. Um, And then Wado. Is our 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 New York Jew. 
Yeah, who's obsessed? You know, money and he's got the. Yeah, he's got the snaz. Snaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's reminiscent of the Charles Dickens character of uh, Fagin. Oh, Fagin, yeah. I don't know. Is that that great exploitation or something? I don't remember. Lucas has denied all of these implications, instead criticizing the American media for using options on the internet as a reliable source for news stories. I mean, I, I can, I can see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, like I certainly see. I can correlate each group with their respective mm-hmm. stereotyped group, whatever, and I can also see. George having to create new characters and people can associate, you know, people mm-hmm. are going to associate. They're going to find something in everything that's, I mean, even like Lord of the Rings, like, okay, the, yeah, the, the everyone evil is kind of brownish. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, it, it happens and it's unfortunate that, we as humans make those connections, mm-hmm. whether they're intentional or not. I mean, but then there's on the other side, we're like, well, you we, we want to make them all look alike, and then yeah. be like, oh, so there's only one you race, can, or I mean, and and you can go the other way, and look at what you know, Shyamalan did with Avatar, but like, why is everyone white, and then why is you know, God, so God. what do you do? I mean, yeah, I mean, and then you end up with Emma Stone being Chinese, so she's a quarter Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure uh, yeah um run to, so let's talk about what people thought of this movie at the time rotten tomatoes 70 uh, lower 53 okay a little bit over half what was practical magic like 22 i'm never gonna get over that um roger ebert Loved this movie. I remember he did. He three and a half stars yeah. out of four. I remember he, he called it, quote, an astonishing achievement in imaginative filmmaking. Uh, said Lucas tells a good story. Nah, he mark. also said, if some of the characters are less than compelling, perhaps that's inevitable because it is the opening film in a new trilogy. Yeah, I mean, you got to introduce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I get it. then you compare that with Force Awakens and I was hooked on the people the second they were on the screen. I I didn't have to waste any time trying to warm up to them. Force Awakens, I remember thinking I will murder anyone in the world to save any one of these people. But I mean, and I don't feel that way about all these people in Phantom Menace. I'm like, okay, I, I would, I would do harm to save some of them. I'm not gonna straight up murder anyone to save any of these people. <laughs> I I might kill to save. Natalie Portman. Okay. Because it's Natalie Portman and you Aww. save her. But no. I, I definitely don't care as much emotionally mm-hmm. about any of these characters as I do for like The Force Awakens. Yeah. 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 I mean. And I mean that goes with developing characters. And that is that is truly character for, development. Force I Awakens mean, even more so because we didn't even have little Anakin that we knew. I mean Force Awakens they're we don't know any of them. I mean, all new. we were waiting for Han Solo to show up, but even that, mm-hmm. I didn't need him. No. You know? But we'll talk about it when we get to Force Awakens. Because those characters were so good. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I was like, well, just let me find someone I, I remember know. Being, I remember being hooked on the characters from the trailer for Force Awakens. Yeah. That was so. a good trailer, too. 
Um, yeah, Ebert concluded his review saying that rather than Star Trek films, filmmakers could give me transparent underwater cities and vast hollow sentatorial spheres any day. He, Ebert liked this movie. I wonder if he liked it 15 years Did he later. ever revisit it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Carol, uh, Colin Kennedy of Empire Magazine said, despite problems with pacing and writing, there's still much pleasure to be had watching our full-blown Jedi guides in action. I uh, praised the visuals and Liam Neeson's performance. Said the duel between Darth Maul and the Jedi was, quote, the saga's very best lightsaber battle ever it's certainly very good it's better than alec guinness and david prowse it's it's definitely better than that but it's not as good as anything you get in the sequels and it's not as good as that fan-made obi-wan darth vader battle oh yeah that's good too which is what really uh, honestly it should have been i felt like but the lightsaber battles in the prequels are very melodic and almost like choreography like lots of spinning and but i feel like the the lightsaber battles in like the sequels are just like full-on attacks like i will beat you down with my lightsaber they're so much more violent like in a good way whereas these are very like so you mean you mean in the originals it's more beat down no i'm talking about the force awakens last jedi okay okay sequels there's not a whole lot of lightsaber battles in right. the, the originals. The, the originals are... Because they didn't have that technology to really go all out. Well, and and they're choreographed by white Western men. Bob Anderson. Who fight... Who, who They're like Errol Flynn. Yeah, who are swashbuckling and mm-hmm. more proper fencing etiquette types. Yeah. Whereas you have, in the prequels, you have very... Like Asian-inspired. Asian, mm-hmm. like Chinese... Yeah. Wushu fighting, yeah, and then in the in the in the sequels, mm-hmm. you definitely have a much more modern kind of yeah, yeah. They all like I prefer you know, those yeah because they're 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 much more modern. Like they seem so much more street, dangerous, you know. Yeah, they seem so much more dangerous and violent. Like someone yeah. is, you know. I mean, obviously, so really, someone dies at the hand of a lightsaber yeah. in all of the movies, but. The sequel lightsaber fights are so like because really the, the lightsaber fights fights are more telling of the time than pretty much anything really. Mm-hmm. And I think Phantom actual... Menace in general is very Asian inspired, from Queen Amidala's. Her face is very face, and she's got like the geisha stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. big old, um, and just like the Zen of Qui Gon, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very inspired by something. And of course, you have the the very Asian. <laughs> The, the business class Asian men who are trying to take over this yeah. docile planet. The Nemanemidians. <laughs> um, so this movie celebrated the 20th anniversary last year. Lots of commentary came out, lots mm-hmm. of rewatching, lots of revisiting. What do we think about it 20 years later? Do we still hate it? Do we appreciate it now? Um, and there was a good thing. Uh, the Ringer wrote a, a good piece about the phantom menace and i liked this little part the phantom menace inaugurated peak fandom a century so far defined by maximum serialization the phantom menace is a rough and fum- rough and fumbling movie it's also a glorious movie which we are in some sense always watching 
For better or worse, George Lucas taught everyone else how to make movies and how to watch movies in the age of sprawling blockbuster fandom. The Phantom Menace endures as influence despite all its own humiliations. To watch it now is to see the new century in fantasy blockbusters and Marvel origin stories flashing before your eyes. A dismal past and a joyous present. Childhoods ruined. Box offices demolished despite good sense. Critical dissent and fan backlash. Through Lucas's countless apprentices, the Empire endures. Oh, I thought that was an, a, a good like, appreciation that of is it. a good, yeah. Just, you know, you know the flaws, but it it, it did so much, as much as people... Because like, really what it's saying is you, you know what you're getting into because you've seen this a hundred times. Yeah, you still watch it. Try to look at it through different eyes now, you know. Yeah, which I think a lot of people have done and a lot of people who saw that when they're kids they're now the people making the movies mm-hmm. you know like for a lot of people phantom menace was their first star wars experience that's so weird to me which still. is weird um but for our daughter her first experience was force awakens that'll always which be is, her first which so. is very charming to me it's very cute because <laughs> it's the perfect one for her <laughs> she refuses to watch any of the other ones um the movie was nominated for three academy awards Best sound effects, editing, best visual effects, best sound, all went uh, went to The Matrix. No, um, I get it. It's a tough competition. Yeah, Matrix was just a tad bit more influential and and, and new. It was I a think. little bit. It was well, not, not it even. It was a more. Little. It was much more eye opening. It was much more. I haven't seen this before. Yeah. Whereas Phantom Menace were like, okay, well, th- these are fancy mm-hmm. effects, but we've seen versions of them, I guess. Like, oh, you're doing computerized versions of the old, you know, mini models shit you did yeah. 20 years ago. Great. That's cool. But look at this thing now. Yeah. So it, it also received seven Golden Raspberry Awards, which, you know, I'm against the Razzies. And I don't um, understand why Worst Supporting Actress... Sophia Coppola got a nomination. She's like in the background of two scenes. Because the Razzies like to pick on Sophia Coppola. They really do like to fuck the Razzies. But it also got uh, Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, Worst Supporting Actor for Jake Lloyd. Worst Supporting Actress, Sophia Coppola as Sachi. Worst Screen Couple, Jake Lloyd and Allie Portman. I wouldn't even call them a couple yet. That's gross. Um, And Jar Jar Binks, actor Ahmed Best, won the Worst Supporting Actor category. That's super rude. It's very rude. I mean, the Razzies are rude. Like, I get that the Razzies are supposed to be kind of light and lighthearted and, you know. But, I mean, some of those are really mean. Yeah. Like, I actually understand having a worse picture Razzie. Sure. But that's it. Like, okay, just stop there. That covers it. That covers everything. You don't need to pinpoint child actors. We talked about this in when we were watching. Here's a nine year old kid. kid. We're gonna call him the worst thing in the world. Yeah, no wonder he like tried killing himself. Sorry, trigger warning. So did Ahmed Best. Oh really? Are they both like? It's dark. I don't want to get into it. Because I mean, I depressing. really love the idea of Ahmed Best doing what he did with Jar Jar Binks though like I mean 
he really has to work really hard. Yeah. As this character. He did a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Don't point to an eight-year-old kid and go, no. you suck. Gee, why did Jake Lloyd leave Hollywood? Well, because everyone was an asshole. Yeah. Why did Hayden Christensen leave Hollywood? Well, because he did Little Italy or whatever that movie was. Oh, he did, didn't no. he? Um, we'll get into Hayden Christensen, Christensen when we get to the other two. I have nothing against Hayden Christensen. I had such a crush on him. <laughs> but again, he... Because he's a good actor if you see him in other things. I hate... Uh, Anakin... Yeah, he's not a. I don't hate Hayden Christensen. I yeah, but who's going to get I the bulk of? I do want to slap the shit out of Anakin. But when people say I hate this performance, they're looking, you know. Yeah. Or I hate this no, character. I mean, I, they're looking at the, the person performance. Who did. I is fine. It's I really. He's. I mean, Attack of the Clones is definitely like... a not not a good look for him. Um. But yeah. And that's funny because I actually like Attack of the Clones. I think I like Phantom Menace a little better. Um, I don't know. It's they're they're hard. Like whenever when you know you do those rankings, it's hard to compare because it's you're talking about different actors at that. Point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But, I mean, I actually I actually don't mind. I think I don't mind Attack of the Clones. As much as I... I mean, it has its good moments, too. I mean, it has one of my favorite John Williams tracks in, of all John Williams in oh, it, really? Across the Stars. It's a good one. It's mm. like the love theme, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, An- yeah. Anakin yeah, yeah. and Amidala. Padme, whatever. What's her name? Pad. He calls yeah, her Padme. Padme, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, this is... I don't know. I, I, I like that. I enjoy it. I don't know what this movie's about. No. I don't you care. don't really need to. You're just watching Anakin. I mean, really, all it, what it's about is what it turns out to be about unintentionally is them finding Anakin Skywalker. He's the chosen one. And yeah. we're going to watch your career with what is uh, Palpatine's? With, with great interest. I like the end scene. The. Na, na, na. Got those trumpets. drumline. I don't know. It's it's sure. joyous. Sure. Is it an award ceremony? A ceremony? Is yeah. it a medal ceremony? They're giving Boss Nass the great glowing ball of energy, oh, okay. or whatever. I don't even know. Um, Queen Amidala wears a, a fan on her back She's for got some big reason. Fan. She, again, she has great costumes. They're yeah. A hundred percent impractical, but they're fa- they're great to look at. You know, mm-hmm. they're very like George just said, "Hey, design something cool. You okay. have free reign." Like we have that really big hard um, hardcover like coffee table book, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, dressing the dressing galaxy. Dressing the galaxy, yeah. In the cover, who do you think is on? Yeah, of course, Amidala. I forgot what costume though. Um, I th- her um probably that red is that one, one um, where she's like at the window. That one, that red one. No, I think it's that red dress, that big velvety red dress. Yeah, exactly. With her weird yeah. geisha hair and the yeah, yeah, not the one with the weird orbs on the base, on that the hem. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more fun fact. Hmm? 
in the end credits. Hmm. I looked for Kira Knightley's name and I saw it and it was spelled wrong. K E R K I E. Yep. K I E R A. I was like, eh, well. Oh, I think I knew that. Like in just no random. Biggie. Yeah, random like goose. She wasn't anyone then. She was a little 14 year old girl who. That would piss me off. But dude, Dude. they fucking spelled my name wrong. (laughs) I know. You're fucking Star Wars. You got money. Damn it. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, Phantom Menace. There it is. Oh, maybe we'll go. We talked about this for a lot longer than I thought we could. But you know what? Star Wars, we could probably talk about it. I know. I I knew it was going to be a long time. We could talk about this for a long time. I forgot to tweet the um, Gladiator episode. That's fine. (laughs) I forgot to Twitter again. I was doing so good for kind of. I a do while. it on Instagram, um, yeah. But there's, I mean, there's no link on Instagram. But uh, I can share like the podcast from Spotify into mm-hmm. my stories, and you can click it. Mm. So it's play on Spotify. So if people. I don't know what any of that means. I know. But, but you can't have like links, like. Oh, you can't. Only like in your profile. Oh. Which I have our podcast. So you would have general, to change that link every time you... Yeah, which you... Which yeah. is dumb. I just have our... I think just yeah. our Apple podcast <laughs> profile. In mm, whatever. Um, but yeah. Should we... Yeah, listen, I'm tired. I'm not even holding my mic anymore. What is it? 10.53. That's Friday. You can sleep in tomorrow. You probably won't sleep in. Okay. Hey... I feel like it was the same number last week. No? Okay. Hey, Google. Pick a number between 1 and 205. 30. 30. Oh, this would be fun. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Christy Swanson? Yeah. I... Luke Perry. David Arquette. If I've seen this movie, I've only seen it once. Like, Chrissy Swanson is problematic now. She's insane. But back then... Isn't she kind of like right-wingy? Oh, she's super Trumpy. But... Okay. I don't want to talk about that part of her. But this movie, you know, Joss Whedon, obviously. Was she in a movie where she's running from the law with Charlie Sheen or something? Running... That sounds familiar. I don't know. And like, there's like a... I don't know her career. Like a, maybe like a sex scene in, while they're driving. I don't kind know. Of thing. I don't want to watch it. There's nothing like that in this movie. This movie is. I always thought it was, it's funnier than the show. Because it's like a flat out comedy. Okay. Um, the show was definitely better. Because it's just it. I mean. More okay. time to flesh everything out. I 100% saw this movie after I saw the show. Oh, you did? Which was after I saw Firefly. Okay. Because I didn't know Joss Whedon Mm. until your brother made us start watching Firefly after we saw the trailer for Serenity. Because... I remember mm-hmm. the trailer for Serenity was talking about from the creator who brought you the world of blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what is this movie? And then your brother was like, oh, my God, that's Firefly. You have to watch. Yeah, he's like, I have a f- new favorite show. And so we wa- watched it, fell in love with Firefly, obviously. Yes. I think I then, and then we went visited back to Buffy. And then Angel. And then I remember we were in like some Tower Video record store or something. 
and we saw this Buffy movie, oh. the DVD. And I remember grabbing it, going, "Oh, look, it's you know." Yes, I remember when like, we did that. Hey, look, this is written and directed by Joss Whedon. Also, wait, did he create the idea I, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I think because I knew he had done the show, yeah. but I guess I didn't at the time. I didn't. I thought no. he had done the show based on yeah. a movie. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. But I saw this in the theater. Wow. With Becky. Yeah. Well, Luke Perry I, was in it. I remember this movie when it came out. I'm 1992. Going, I was 13. Of course, I saw this in the theater. It, like I remember seeing like the trailers and stuff for this movie. I'm going, that looks like the dumbest. Yeah, that's what most people thought. Fucking thing I've ever that's seen. A, in that's why, I mean, the show is so different from the movie. Like, but the movie who has... Who would watch this stupid... 13-year-old girls. Uber campy valley girl movie. 13-year-old girls. And then the show comes out. I'm like, oh my God, it's a show based on that dumb fucking movie. Yeah. How I remember foolish watching... I was. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we'll probably do some TV show talk too, but... The, the as the Grinch would say, the hubris, the unmitigated gall. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so that'd be kind of fun to watch. Just a quick, you know, ninety minute thing. So, all right, next week, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, nineteen ninety two. I don't know if it's streaming, but go check. Okay. Alrighty. Find us. Find us everywhere, except Facebook. Mm. and well Instagram it's mine not the, the podcast but yeah rate review the grind tell everyone you know grinding <laughs> how are you end this with yippee oh. or are you not <laughs> <laughs> oh, Are you not entertained?